What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the pod. This week, we have a special guest. We have Paul, who's a good friend of mine. He's uh, watched a ton of stuff. He reads a ton of books. And we're going to get into it today. We're going to sort of talk about what we watched recently. And our main discussion is going to be around a man called Otto. So we'll just start it off as we usually do and just uh, go around and see what we watched this week. Pedro, why don't you uh, start us off? I've been watching Beef on Netflix. I wasn't aware of it before. I know it's been out for a while. Bruno, you said you you had mentioned you saw it like a few months ago. I saw it last year. I kind of binged it when yeah. I, I was reading. I had written, uh, read a couple of really good reviews on it, and then I just kind of watched it over a couple of days. Yeah, I didn't realize it was out for a while, but you know, like many things, it just popped up on my Netflix like uh, algorithm. So I thought it was new. I, oh, I saw hold the on. Tr- did you say you said beef or or the bear? Okay, I, no I, beef, beef. Okay, no, yeah. Beef. No, I was talking about the bear. Different okay. show. So uh, beef is new. Beef is yeah. New. You're right. Yeah. So saw the trailer popped up on my Netflix. Looked interesting. Started watching it uh, with my wife, and we both really liked the first episode. Uh, really interesting cast of characters, the writing, and everything, and the plot is just. It's 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 a great plot because it's it basically just starts with a road rage incident, which could just be overlooked, but it just keeps spiraling from there and there because the two personalities, the personalities of the two people involved in this road rage incident are just they're just like crazy, over the top like people. So they, they're not they, crazy rich Asians. No, but. I haven't seen that movie, but I'm not sure if the cast is. There's no overlap uh, on the cast. I I'm was not just sure making... if there's an overlap or anything, but it is an entirely Asian cast, which, uh, I like. I've never seen a, a anything like that. Uh, well, a- Ali Ali Wong and uh, Stephen Yuen are are pretty pretty popular. I'm a Stephen Yuen fan. Yeah, and she's the producer I, or one of the producers oh, on this, okay. and I think he he's also a producer on on it uh he's so, been yeah, my boy we, since walking dead yeah it was cool to see uh how they're doing it like that uh all asian cast everyone all the characters are great the story's great and episode by episode all the, the like all the character stories start intermingling with each other and inter- and just like connecting and it just like i said that one incident just spirals and it keeps going and it turns into this whole big thing then it turns into like these character studies from these two people and and their families and the people around them, and it's really good. I suggest, uh, I suggest you guys check it out. It's a limited series, I think, so it's uh, just a ten episode, one season thing. It's produced by A twenty four. Yeah, learned. so it's. I had read read about that before that A twenty four was going to get into television. This is the yep. first show of theirs I've seen, and I'm a big fan of their films. They always make interesting films. They always take risks. Uh, they're like out there with their content and this show uh, is just like that. So it's, it's funny. You said that Bruno, that Steve, when was your boy, uh, Steven, um, when was your boy from, uh, from walking, uh, dead. walking dead? Cause he's the reason I stopped watching because <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, in a good way. Like it was when he got a uh, spoiler alert yeah. and he got with the baseball bat with Negan. Oh, that's right. When and, you said that, I was like, Oh, he died. Uh, I recalled another scene, but he like hid under some garbage cans, and he actually escaped in like this this sort of like a uh, cliffhanger. But he yeah. died later on with Negan. Yeah, 
and I read the comics, so I knew it was com coming. But you know, seeing it and seeing like that, I, I was like, "That's it. I can't watch anymore." It's like it's too much. You know, it was like I stopped watching that show the season after they got to that camp with the others and those people. That was, that was every like, season. That was probably like season four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, that was like the main one. Which season was that? The main camp, like the when they found the main camp with all those other people. That was like season three or four. Yeah, I stopped. I don't know. I stopped. I, I think I stopped when you did, Paul, because after that, like too many of the original cast was kind of gone. And yeah, uh, it, and just that, got it was tough. just brutal. It was brutal watching. I think his wife's name was what Maggie or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, watching her like helpless and everybody helpless with their hands tied behind his back and like him just getting like and him looking at her and saying like Maggie before he died. And like you knew the baby was on the way and all that. And I was like, Trish. I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I think that was the last season I saw too. And damn, that show was, I, re I, like, I thought season one was like one of the best seasons of any yeah. television ever. They re-released season one in black and white, I think. I think it was the whole season in black and white, not just the pilot, but yeah, it's, it was oh, spectacular. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but then that, that show just went on for way too many seasons. And now it's got like three spinoffs. Yeah. Or two spinoffs, and it's just ridiculous. So it's... I've never watched it, but I do see that there was eleven seasons. So that's a big commitment. Yeah, and that was like that was like eight seasons too many. And I don't think they they ever told you how it even started, like the the main virus. No, it didn't. Are you serious? That was like my whole point of continuing <laughs> to watch the show after season one was like, oh. This is a great show. Because they go there in season one. They actually go to like some laboratory. They go to the CDC, yeah. That... And then they never touch upon it again. Like it was the biggest like tease ever. Yeah, then it just turns into like us versus them and like all this. The only last unanswerable question I have with that show, and maybe they answered it at this point, was at one point uh, Rick, like he kind of, they seem make it seem like he dies, but then he gets rescued off into put in a helicopter and like flies off into the sunset. And I don't know, Paul, did they ever address like what happened to Rick? I think they brought him back like as part of like the introduction to the spinoff or something like that. I think it was like at the very end, but it was like I don't know, I, I don't know. I that I was done before that. Like I didn't go back. I tried Fear the Walking Dead for like an episode or two, but I was like, you can't recapture that in a bottle. You know, it's like. I saw a few of those too. That was when I was still kind of invested in the original show. But Scott, if you've never seen it, you should at least watch season one because, like I said, that to me personally, that's like one of the best seasons ever of any show. If I was to watch the show, I would definitely start with season one because I would probably be very <laughs> confused if I started with well, any just, other you season. You can watch season one and then like, if you want to keep watching season two and then like after that, it's just like... I'll start with season four so I can just relay to you what you missed going forward. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be doing yourself a disservice and not watching the great season one. Shane in season one, played by uh, John Bernthal. Yeah. yeah. Legendary villain, man. So good. That's the first time I ever saw him and I ever saw um, this guy from from Beef also, right? Yeah, I think that, me too. Was that their first roles? First major, probably. Yeah, that was a big major role. Yeah, they blew up after that. I'm not familiar with any of the shows about, but I know it's about a virus, so that's I know a little bit about it. But It's the zombie show. It's the show that kicked off all the zombie stuff. Zombie culture. 
it led Comic-Con for like six straight years. Oh, yeah. Pedro, it's funny you said that. It's like the best first season of a show because before, you know. I said one the... of the best. I didn't say the best. Oh, I okay, said okay. one of the best. One of the best. Because I was trying to think of like, you know, if it came up, what would be my top five like shows all time? And one of the best first seasons uh, I would ever say I would have to watch was uh, Dexter. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that, that, that too, think, yeah. You know, it kind of fell off the wagon like towards the end of it, but that first season of Dexter was like phenomenal. With the ice truck killer. Yeah, and it was sick. Like, And all the twists and turns, it was like one of the best like first seasons of a, of a show that I've ever seen. It didn't end well in my point of view, but but it was great, awesome first season. I usually like shows where people live from beginning to end of the season, not like it'd be like a, a, a domino effect cycle. Like, ooh, who's going to be on the show one time and die at the end of it? Yeah, I, I kind of like that about it. Like, it was half like CSI, but then it had, you know, like the the kill of the week, but then it had like the lo- the longer arch. And you see shows now, like a show like Barry, it takes that kind of uh, playbook from Dexter where you have the hero who's also the villain and there's this conflict and he's, inevitably going to go to prison or die or some have some ill fate happen to him you guys mentioned that barry that, that's one show i definitely wanted to uh based on what you guys are saying about it, that i wanted to check out i'm a big fan i've been uh I, I was extremely impressed with barry um season one and season one two i mean they're all good it's all like you know each season's only like seven or eight episodes they're only 30 minutes long so it's nice and tight the storytelling is extremely tight but um, I think season two actually won a couple of Emmys for uh, for for an episode in particular that is just like completely bonkers. Um, the show's is yeah, the show is pretty unique, but it, it does it may it did remind me of Dexter and that sort of the way that that character is designed. Scott, what have you been watching? Uh, I watched a few things. Uh, I w- watched a documentary. It's a four part documentary uh, from FX called Hillsong. It was a it was a produced co produced uh, documentary with Vanity Fair. It's about the secrets of the Hillsong Church. You may have seen that uh, celebrities like Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez are all featured with uh, his pastor Carl, and uh, and all how he it came out in the public. He was ousted by the church because of uh, uh, you know impostered sexual relations he had. So uh, it's a whole four-part documentary interviewing him and what went down and how controversial the church is. And still, the church still exists. I just read recently about, it was he was on 60 Minutes, this guy. And I follow 60 Minutes on Twitter and they'll put like two-minute sort of bites from the from like their, the show that evening. And it was, I don't know if it was the same church, but it was a guy who sort of like found out that they were like funneling, the church had been funneling money. And then that he was, like, that's, was, a, that's completely that's a separate. separate. That's a completely <laughs> that's a different church. And, and, and that guy, he just like yeah. resigned and got the hell out of there. I want you know, you actually can watch the full, not to promote CBS News, but you can watch the full piece on on the on CBS News website. In addition, yeah, to yeah. The, Sometimes I do if if the story is is interesting, I'll 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 find it. Uh, where was the doc on? It was on F. It was on FX. So now thereafter, it's on Hulu, of course. And I was watching also Citadel. I gave that an opportunity. I, I on Amazon. 
Yes. So I was a little too bang, bang, pow, pow, uh, uh, a little too tired of, <laughs> of so much violence at the very beginning. I was like, okay, that was the open. And now we go into whatever is happening. So that was the, pretty much the setup. They're like eight years later. And that's like, everything's <laughs> off. Like, okay, I'm glad we got all that out of the way. Uh, so it wasn't my type of show. I gave it a little bit of a chance watching the full episode, but uh, it's it's good for others who want to watch it. Yeah, I heard it's like a full. I, I heard it's done by the Rousseau brothers, and uh, it's kind of like a very generic just action movie that's just meant to kind of like make a shit ton of money for Amazon. Hopefully people stay subscribed. That's how they'll make money. Paul, what's what's been up with you? What have you been watching? Me and my wife have been watching Workaholics. Somebody told me that it was pretty funny. So we've been like, you know, watching that on Hulu. Wait, what? Is this 2012? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> I know. I'm I'm way behind on this one. But someone, t- you know, it was like one of those things where it's like, I heard it and then I heard it again and then I heard it again and I was finally like, we had just finished watching something, and I was like, uh, you want to try Workaholics? So we started watching, and like the first couple episodes were hilarious. So we just kept watching. I I watched like, uh, you know, on my own. I watched. Um, the documentary about uh, Conor McGregor on Netflix just to see like, uh, you know, kind of like his, his background behind the scenes, what happens. And the one like main thing I took out of it was like, it was pretty interesting to see like, you know, everyone thinks Conor McGregor is like an a-hole and like, you know, he just constantly boasting and, you know, calling people names and this and that. And like he, he lost a fight and he kind of got humbled and he came back on that fight and on that whole like press tour, he was really humble and like, you know, thank you for the opportunity to fight against you and all that. And he was really nice. And he, he, I, I'm sorry. He, and then he ended up like breaking his ankle or something like that, but nobody liked the way he was when he was the nice guy. Everybody was saying he lost his edge. He wasn't the same. And it's just funny to see like somebody trying to change and the public just wasn't accepting it. It was just, it was just an interesting part, you know, like, uh, that, that I took away from it. Cause you see him on TV and you're like, oh man, this guy's a, a D, you know? Yeah. That's probably one of the reasons why a lot of people aren't going to watch his documentary because they don't want to see like two hours or whatever. of just that guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I, I, I was just interested cause I, I remember like I used to watch MMA a lot and I remember when he snapped his ankle and it was a bad snap. So I was just wondering like how he dealt with that. And that was like one of the parts in the trailer. And then, like, it was just one day I had nothing to do, so, like, I ended up binging it. But um, but that was the one key takeaway. I was, like, I was pretty impressed with how the public just doesn't want, like, the nice guy. Like, they were, like, really rebelling against it. And he was really humble. He was really trying to be, like, you know, and, and the public just didn't have it. So then he had to revert and go back to his old, like, T-ish ways. <laughs> I also watched Sweet Tooth, and it was the kid from Cocaine Bears and Sweet Tooth. He's, like, the main... And, and, and Pedro, I, I agreed with you. My favorite scene in, in cocaine bear was at the gazebo, like that old standoff, wild west standoff, but none of you guys mentioned it. That was ice cube son right there. Yeah. Pedro and I mentioned it. Maybe you, you and I mentioned it on the, on the, before we started recording or somewhere. Yeah. We did talk about that. One other thing we also, uh, watch, uh, I don't know if we were going to talk about it, but we watched Golf, Booze, and Guns. It's a full feature documentary. It's called The Bubble. And 
I got. I think Vice was just hosting it on their channel, like a show. Just a distributor, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, it was it was great. Those are great documentary. Like, the way it was shot was just beautiful. I think, like shot for shot. Yeah, I agree. It was. Uh, I had actually heard about that in another YouTube video focusing on a different topic that sort of sort of mentioned the the development that was happening in in Florida and how it was you know, using up all the, all the water and potentially sinking. Um, but, um, so the documentary is a, as, just so we set it up a little bit and I, I honestly, I forgot we even watched this, but, um, it was about, it, it's about this development company that is just like building, um, you know, hundreds of thousands, I guess, of acres, uh, for wealthy out of state retirees who live this sort of pampered, catered to life um, in these, um, you know, copycat home, uh, what do you call it? like template home communities. And they basically, you know, live life to the fullest um, with little disregard for the communities that they're impacting around them. Uh, I thought the documentary was really, was really good. Pedro, as what you said, I was blown away by the just general direction and, the the cinematography and to those two points just the general access that the camera crew had um yeah they got real intimate yeah 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 like those long lingering shots too really sort of like let some of those ideas sink in before sort of going on to the next topic but yeah um it's a complicated issue what is happening there these people feel like They've worked their whole lives and they've sacrificed for their kids, for their families, for their jobs. And now they get to, you know, enjoy, kick back and relax and drop dead. And Damn. like, I don't really. It's retiree heaven, basically. Yeah. It, it's the largest retirement community in the in the United States. Well, they don't call them. They don't call themselves necessarily a retirement community because everyone is a certain age. But what's the most surprising part is that you may you. It, it's perceived that the people that live in this community are rich and well off, but they're not necessarily because the houses are not that expensive to, to afford. So the big challenge is if you think about long term, that this is a community that they keep on building and building and building and building, and they, they're buying land from farms and and. Basically, they explain that there's one person that lives on an island, which they're surrounded by this 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 community, um, this build-up community. So eventually, they're going to hit the bubbles going to pop because there's a big demand for all these houses, and eventually, there's not going to be that need anymore because the the interest is going to change. So they're building and building and building due to demand, but it's going eventually going to be like a ghost town because either a the houses are going to crack because there's not going to be any water to support it underground, or just people are going to own these houses, which they do, and there's no one going to be there to buy them. But they're just losing the the, the value of the houses is going down because from like a moral standpoint, I'm curious what you guys thought about you know because they show every side they show the folks living there and, and why they're living there and how they feel about it. And then they show the outsiders, how it's affecting the local community who don't, who, who don't necessarily want to sell, but then some of the local businesses are actually profiting 
from from these new visitors who have income to spend. And I think, you know, I kind of felt like these sort of like northerners moving in were, were kind of like the bad guys, you know, of the of the dock. But you kind of sympathize with them a little bit, um, just because, in a way, they have earned their right to to sort of live it up. You know, they've they've you know done their obligation in a way. Yeah, and and everyone, all the residents there are happy. And I, and one of the women that was being interviewed. I think she said it best. She said something along the lines of like, it's a retirement community, but we, we're not really here to be retired. We're here to like, enjoy all the amenities that are available. Like all the like exercise classes that they give these people, all the like sports clubs, all the, the dance clubs and the, the town halls, the, the just it, she, you know, the way she said it, it's like, they're more alive than they've ever been. And they're, doing more than they ever did their whole lives. And I personally, I'd visited villages before and I saw another documentary on the villages that came out like a year or two before this one called Some Kind of Heaven. And you guys are interested, you should check that one out. Um, and that one was really just following like uh, residents around. But this one kind of got into like a, the political aspect of it, which I wasn't expecting. Um, and I didn't know about that, but Everyone there seems like they're like super happy. They're just like, like every evening at like six, seven o'clock, the town square has like, they bring out a DJ, they have music, the residents come out and like dance and stuff. It's really funny. Yeah. And every, you see, so like everyone drives around in golf carts. So they have like special lanes and little bridges for them. Wait, hold, have, hold up. Did you, did you say you, you personally went down there? You've been there before? I've, yeah. I, I, I had visited before even watching these documentaries or and, and before I even knew about it. My wife was like, uh, she was performing there at a stage show and uh, I went to see it there and that was my first experience with it. And yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's a lot of old people driving around in golf carts and, there's a lot of bars and everything and just a lot of like amenities and stuff for them to do. Uh, and they all seem really happy there. But the one thing to remember is that which is like an unsaid arrangement that exists because they're all living it within a, within a bubble that's run by a business. It's run by a company. So they, there was even a scene where someone was going, oh, why is our water bill so high? Why is this fee so high? And, and, the, and you know, the, the wife's like, oh, it's, it's fine. There's things that there's, they are handing over the keys of knowledge about how things work, why things cost a certain amount, and what's going on. Because they are just living in literally a bubble where they're just given like the Starbucks. Yeah, as long as they're provided for and they have all their provisions, they could care less about, or uh, the majority of them could care less about like where it comes from or like how much they have to pay for. It's just like, hey, you're providing all these things for people in my uh, demographic. Like, yeah, uh, you know, this is the best they, this is the best I can get at this point. They also didn't. They also seemed like they didn't have that support system where they where they came from, where they lived. They, they felt like they don't have where they're, there's a reason why someone lives where they live. 
and they felt like, all right, there's nothing for me. So then this is the place for me to start from square, uh, square one again. And there's people that are like more than happy to come over. It's, it's like starting college. Like if they didn't go to college, it's like college again. Like, oh, everyone's excited to see me one. You know, uh, people are not like that in their homes. So it could be like their next neighbor doesn't live for a mile away if they live on a farm. So they're, they're, they're not adjusted. They're not, they don't have that ability to talk to the neighbor who lives like you can see their house by looking at your window. So this is their start to living in that type of living situation. I, I, I happened to watch this. I, I sent a message to Bruno and I was like, you know, for the first 20 minutes of this, it was, it was a hard watch. And I happened to be going to pick up my parents from the airport. You know, they were coming back. So I, while I was waiting for them, I started watching it on YouTube. And like, I, I 100% agree, you know, these people live their lives, but I saw something different, Scott. I saw like, they did a, I saw another documentary on like uh, YouTube. I watched part of it and they were saying these guys, it's like a 55 age limit and it's six figures for them to come in. And the houses, they're not like really cheap, like cheap, cheap, because they were showing like some of the houses that were available to buy. And it was like 700, $800,000 for like some of these houses down in Florida. What I didn't like, like, I totally agree. Like, you know, these people have made their lives. They had their money. Why not? And it's, and it's not like, you know, a gated community because the lady who was doing the documentary straight up shut down the security because they were like, oh, what do you have permits to film? And she's like, I don't need permits. This is a public place. And he had nothing to say, you know, like, so it was open roads. And to me, I don't see any difference between this kind of development compared to like what Disney's doing. You know, they, they expanded and they're developing there too. So these people, it's like, you guys made a good point. It was like, you know, it's their college. If you didn't go away to college, this is them. And it's keeping them alive. You know, it's like, it's like the founding youth for them, the activity that, you know, and when family moves away or is too busy for them, what, what do people want them to just like fade away in the background in their houses doing the garden maybe? And that's it. So like, you know, I, I a hundred percent agree. Like they should have this. I didn't like when it got political though. They were saying it's like a bit, a bunch of like rich white Republicans brought down because the, the company actually has a lot of political pull. And they were saying the reason is- That's a huge voting block there. The huge Republican voting block down in Florida, you know, all these Trumpsters down there like riding around golf carts. But also all like all the, I guess, you know, the people that in that demographic are baby boomers. And when you concentrate all those people in this one area- it is a bubble, you know, it's like, well, they all, ha they all have this mindset. They all come from this time and this era and they all think a certain way and they're all in this one community. So just think of it this way. There was also, uh, they even mentioned the documentary that there was an outside publication that was being written about the community as a newspaper. And then right away, the, uh, the company, the corporation that was running the villages started their own so then it's very much a big brother kind of environment but i think you kind of like close your eyes let them do what they do and just drink the juice you know and they they just don't want to be bothered by the outside world. yeah yeah so they have like, their mentality they're from their era and they... i think a lot of those guys they get it like a lot of the people they interviewed they were like former executives they work they come from the corporate world and you know going back to missouri somewhere and your kids are gone you're not babysitting any grandkids anymore. You're just sitting at home. So, and your town is constantly changing. 
you know. So yeah, it makes sense. Like I get why they would want to do it. I personally would not want to do that, but I get why it's very appealing. Um, so it's super interesting documentary um, about this extremely homogenous community down in Florida of retirees with a lot of money and just want to get fucked up. On a, on a side note, I heard about this a long time ago. And what they would do is like, you know, like you hear these stories about like if you wear a certain bracelet color, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, down yeah, yeah. for something. They would have things that they would pin to the golf cart. I didn't know about that. What's this? They're um, uh, loofahs, loofahs. So yeah, something. And it was like if you have a certain color loofah, it means you're down to do you know a certain. So type there's of a thing, lot of swingers. Know? There's a lot of swingers oh. down there, basically, like a lot of older, very color coordinated as to like what you're down for. You know, like yeah. They they have they have codes and stuff. Like they put up loofahs that different colors mean different things and. What's your source on this information? Because according to that, according to that video I watched, that was an hour that was separate. He's like, "No, there's no swingers." They said, "There's no swingers." I've heard, yeah, I've heard from somebody who who has like a grandparent down there, and he's like, um, you know, they put he he didn't believe it at first, but then he he didn't see it everywhere. It wasn't like it was like rampant. No, but you, it's not everywhere. But it. you'll see one or you'll see you'll see it every once in a while. Yeah, and he was like, "What what is that?" And they were like, yeah. "Well, this color means this, and that color means that." And they're basically down for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Funny fact. I don't know if it's still accurate, but I had heard that it's the place with the most STDs in the United States. Believe it or not. <laughs> okay. Wilding out. It doesn't sound like you're reading this from the Village's newspaper. It's like Scott said. This is basically college for baby boomers. Yeah. It's not Big Brother propaganda. It's like they put it in the newspaper. What college did you go to with high STDs? I don't know what you're talking about. I like college. All right. So. Speaking of baby boomers, I want to get into a man called Otto. As uh, as uh, we're getting we're getting tight on time. Oh wait, we, oh, nice. I didn't know we wanted you to watch a movie. I thought we were just watching the documentary. Okay, I'm just gonna read a quick uh, a quick bio on the film. It basically, stars Tom Tom Hanks. He plays Otto Anderson, who's just a grumpy widower, whose only joy comes from criticizing, judging his neighbors, and then if a young family moves next door. That kind of like are a big match for him, and then this unexpected relationship forms, and he. You know, we kind of learn more about his character and why he is the way he is. Um, so just sort of like gut reaction to the film, uh, Pedro, what did, what did you think about it? Uh, this movie did, didn't did do it for me, man. <laughs> it didn't do it for me. Well, that ends the conversation. Good night, every, bye, everyone. I, I don't know. It was It felt like something was missing for me. A lot of the scenes felt forced. There wasn't any real substance in it. Um, they try to pull at your emotional strings, but I didn't really get attached to anything. And I, I, I really didn't like the way, like there was a lot of awkward acting. Like the characters were over the top, exaggerated, like Marisol, the Latin lady was just, she was just over the top. Like the, the guy that's always jogging in the neighborhood. It's like, like is I it, hate that guy. Is it trying to be, what is it trying to be? You know, like, is it trying to be a dr- drama? Is it trying to be serious? Is it trying to be funny? It's, it didn't do any of those things uh, very well for me. Pedro, you, uh, uh, Scott, you're about to you're about to go off. No, <laughs> I wasn't about to go off. No, no, uh, I have the exact opposite feeling. If I gauge my my likeness of a movie, if I'm able to forget about everything around me and everything that annoys me, or or, I, or, or what I have to do after the movie after done watching 
and I was able to watch it and not get, you know, caught into anything else. I was completely immersed in watching it. I thought that uh, that Tom Hanks did a very good job as far as that. I did not watch it as a movie that Tom Hanks was playing a part. I forgot it was Tom Hanks. Uh, there were some of the things that frustrates him. Kind of, I, I kind of related to it. So, yeah, he reminds I, me of you, Scott. I was oh, going to say that. Oh, thank you so much. If only if I had the same bank account that he did. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Tom Hanks. Uh, but no, uh, I. One thing that stood out to me when there's a scene where he saves someone. I'm not going to go into detail. And as he's in the middle of trying to save someone. Everyone around him, the minute they, that something happens, they they take out their phones and start reporting as if they need to record it. And I'm like, no. What about the you're obsessed with capturing in the moment? That's like that stood out to me. They were trying to make a point that everyone was least concerned about what was going on, and uh, Otto, who in the story is has little to no interest in his own life but he cared about someone else's life to save them uh and everyone else who cares about their lives only cared about themselves and was least interested in saving this other person so that stood out to me um i I was in the middle like i mean this isn't like a, a story as old as time grumpy old man who suffered a loss in his family gran torino i mean you you did it with um a Disney movie, um, what was the one, what was the one with the house with the balloons on it? Oh up, yeah, up, up. So it's like it's been done. You it's know? been done to death. Yeah. But um, and and the story didn't really pull any heartstrings on you know like it was sad or whatever. But it, it it's been done. And I didn't like the lazy writing where they brought down other male characters. Like the husband, they made him a complete idiot. Like he didn't have to be an idiot to make Otto better. The guy who was jogging, which by the way, that guy is in Mindhunters. He was oh, like the, a or serial Netflix killer. Show? Yeah, Mindhunters is a great show. Yeah, but yeah. He he was a serial killer, and he's an amazing actor because he went from this like doofy guy, and if you watch him on Mindhunters, it's like bone chilling. Like he's a serial killer who likes like women's shoes, and like they're it's crazy. But like they made him goofy. Like he's doing this like high knee walk or whatever the heck he's doing. And what was with the squishy noise? I couldn't figure out where it's coming from. Every time he walked, there was a squishy sound. I don't know if it was his sneakers or his, he was like squishing something. But like again, <laughs> like they made him like so goofy, like to yeah. bring Otto up, they made the other male characters down. And that's like kind of lazy writing, you know? The one thing I did like about it though is they really drew a fine line of making him, he wasn't like an a hole like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Like he was like a racist, whatever. They didn't make him that extreme. And they drew a nice line of him being grumpy but still having like a heart of gold where he was helpful and he really cared. He took time out of, you know, you know, ending his own life to go save somebody else's life and things like that. So I thought that was well done. And like, they totally, like I was okay with it. And then they totally lost me when him and his friend, Ruben, the guy who had the stroke or whatever, they, they had a huge falling out out of, out of years of being friends because Ruben bought a Ford or something. Like, I was yeah. Like, I was yeah, like, that was, <laughs> I was like, that made no sense to me. Like, come on. The worst payoff. There could have been such a nice setup to create some conflict. And they were like, yeah, because this guy bought a Ford. And I'm and like, it's like so this guy has a stroke. He's by the window by himself. 
Like and forty you, years. You've been visiting him for all these time because he bought a Ford. Like the, the you said about the payoff was just bad. And I was like, after that, I was like, wow. If you're lo- hey, if it had loyalty to one type of maker of a car, and you were, had a pack, you were only going to buy a certain car, and they went the and then that person just made a new different car show up, wouldn't you be annoyed? But they were constantly at odds with the cars. Like through the years, it showed them when they were young. Like he'd buy this car, he'd buy this car. And they would always be disapproving of each other. But all of a sudden he bought this Ford and he's like, oh my gosh, like I think also, friendship over. I think it was more of a midlife crisis type car. Well, but look, it it was basically like they, they set up this feud because when his wife, you know, Anita, I think her name was, when she shows up, he treats her like garbage. And then they kind of hint at this long feud that, you know, they were close friends and then they had this big feud. So when they say it's because over one guy likes a Chevy and the other guy likes Ford, it, it just completely... Silly, uh, immature, right? If you're looking at his character, it says that he's completely immature, and so is the other guy. Or you know, obviously, but yeah, I, I agree. The, the midlife crisis car, the convertible, was after he tried to like he brought out the the whatever the whiskey or whatever, and he was trying to patch things up before right before the stroke, and then he saw he got the convertible, and he's like, forget it. But that was already after like 20 years of of after you bought the Ford, they didn't talk. That was a good you know, 20 like, years because they changed actors at that point. They put yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks in a wig for that. <laughs> yeah, 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 like CGI Tom Hanks face, like the youth and the youth. And... Um, yeah, I agree with, with Pedro. I didn't think the film was that bad. I thought, you know, I, I thought it was still really watchable. I thought it was like a nice, wholesome story. It was extremely formulaic, the script. So, you know, there was really no surprises. Um, I thought... Yeah, I had a hard time seeing Tom Hanks in this role because he's playing like the opposite of Tom Hanks. Um, and Tom Hanks has sort of like a character bigger than his on-screen characters at this point of his career. So I had a hard time seeing him as like this morbid guy who wanted to kill himself. And I just never found those scenes to be believable. Um, and also like if he had such strong convictions to kill himself, like he constantly stopped his own suicide because he wanted to, like, something interrupted him. Like, the guy fell in on the tracks or, like, the one of the women's banged on the door. I'm like, if you're going to do your, kill yourself, just kill yourself. Like, you're, well, I don't, I don't you're think getting stopped, in your own way. I don't, I don't think he... So, he didn't stop by his own will any of those times. He was, like, interrupted all those times, right? And it kind of just bought him a little more time. And after... as, is as being as, annoyed... Is being annoyed that the gate is open like more important than killing yourself? You gotta kill yourself, like kill yourself. But if you, I mean, if you I watch, know. I think there was times like when he was right about to do it, and he would see his wife, and then that pause is what gave birth to the interruption, which ended up stopping him. So it was kind of like his wife was intervening from like the beyond or whatever. Like yeah, like I that, got that. You know? I. What did you guys think of the flashbacks? I thought. To, to I, I really, flashbacks. I like, I like the, I really like the flashbacks. I, you do. I like the fact that they stretched them and just revealed little by little throughout the movie, and didn't just give you everything at once. Like, oh, this is who his wife was. This is what happened. Like, I did like that. Um, I, I, yeah. I also, I'll just mention, you know, all jokes aside, like, you know, it's, it's obviously suicide is a serious topic, and. I do respect the fact that they showed this side of suicide where it's an ongoing thing, like a mental illness with people. It's not just like, you know, because you see, you'll see like a character 
commit suicide in a in a show or a movie and it just like happens like that but for a lot of people it's an ongoing thing you know like there's many attempts it lasts many years and you know they go through it they want to do it they don't want to do it and you know some people end up doing it or not so i i respect the fact that they showed that that side and that side of you know the topic of suicide too so and they and they were also showing what led to him why it wasn't just like oh his significant other was you know passed away they were showing what led to the meeting uh and then what led them to get together and what how much of an impact his wife had on the community and it frustrated him that that you know his wife was no longer around and that's sort of his people misrepresenting him is what led to him being frustrated because he was even misunderstood even before he met his wife and that's what led to his frustration but then as people were moving in you know that his next door neighbor he got annoyed that they were renting um but as he got to know them it led to him having a second uh opportunity to want to be around and live uh in his own control than being obsessed with just only living not wanting to live because the past was not the present anymore and the present was becoming something worth uh, continuing on which a lot of times that's you know what happens in real life other than fiction uh but they also put a lot of disclaimers about if you feel this way or other people you know feel this way they were putting disclaimers one thing i did mention to change the subject somewhat I was very turned off and I kept track of this because it was going on for so long. It took a minute and 25 seconds to get to the movie. I, there was like there was like five or six different uh, production graphics. There was like... Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, I'm sorry, is this the whole movie? Like just showing... There were know, a lot of production company like animations at first. And yeah, and then it hit you with the uh, produced by Tom Hanks and I think his wife. Yes, uh, is a producer also. So they showed that at the top, and you know that kind of you know sets sets your mind somewhere when the movie starts off. Fun fact: uh, his son plays him in the flashback scenes. Oh, yes, he okay. does. Yes, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I saw his, I saw he had a credit at the top of of the movie after as I was getting over the ninety graphics and the presents graphics thereafter. I did notice that. This did make me want to go and watch now A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the complete polar opposite of Otto, and now seeing him play Mr. Rogers. And like, so I think that's going to be the next thing I check out. Yeah, I got to watch that too. That was all that I liked. And I don't think there's flashbacks, but uh, I thought that was a good, um, it made you rethink when you, if you watched Mr. Rogers as a kid. It made you rethink what was going on behind uh, the production of the show. Uh, so we are running out of time here. Just um, I just want to conclude asking you guys, you know, how you guys feel about Tom Hanks? How you know are, are you still interested in Tom Hanks films? If you see him on a trailer or or announcing a new a new movie, he hasn't been. I feel like his film choices for the past ten years haven't been great. Uh, I know the Mr. Rogers movie got a lot of acclaim. Um, but are you are you guys still in the Tom Hanks sort of bandwagon, like watching his stuff? 
Um, I, I think, I don't know if I'd mentioned this before on the show or just uh, chatting with people. I'm not a big fan of these actors that have been around for so many years, just like being, it, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, like I don't have attachment to any of these old actors. Like when it was like, oh, I have to see it. You know, like obviously like, oh, there was a time when like Denzel movies were like, you're always going to get a great movie. Tom Hanks, you're always going to get a great movie. Um, it's not like that anymore. And I, I, I'm just from the, in my opinion, like sometimes when I see them, it makes the character of this of the story less believable to me just because it's a face and a and an actor that's been in certain types of movies and stuff. And it's just like, like maybe I would, I, I will, uh, maybe this movie would have benefited from someone not Tom Hanks being the the lead actor. But it was, it, it is, it did say it's adapted from a novel and a, another film, a foreign film. So. Tom Hanks is doing more produ as I'm looking in his IMDb. He's doing more producing than than acting. He's reached this point in his career where he only can do certain parts. He only can pretty much play a character up his age. He's he's going the Clint Eastwood route, basically. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Look, if I see Tom Hanks is going to star in a film, my expectations are not high, just given the recent track record. But I'm always interested and curious in what he's doing. Um, just because, I don't know, I guess he has an iconic track record. I still remember him from, from a lot of great movies that I love and I see over and over again. Um, um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, I, I totally understand, um, not being attached to movie stars anymore because we're not really in, uh, kind of, I think we're, I feel like we keep hearing about that we're exiting the movie star era. Um, but I feel like we still have movie stars. I, I, I'd rather see a movie where I don't know the people, but with all these sequels and prequels and we're, we're still going to see movies like The Fast and the Furious. I think we all know every single other person that's in those movies. Like, oh, I know them. I know them. I know them. Yeah, you're always going to know the, the, the actors. So, that's, how they, that's how they sell movies. There still. needs to be more original, you know, original films. And once the writer's strike is over, we'll, we'll get those again. All right. Any last thoughts on auto before we sign off? Pedro, should people go see it? It depends if you're a Tom Hanks fan or not. If you're not attached to him, then it's it might not do much like it like like it didn't do for me. It's it's for the boomers. I think this one might be for the boomers. All right, guys. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye guys. Thanks. Bye.